Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves. And as always, I am thrilled to have my dear friend, Dr. Marty Greer, back to join us. And today we are going to talk about fluffy dogs. That's how I describe myself. So we're going to go fluffy, not just fat. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> so, a nice way to put it. Yeah, I like fluffy, mature, well-rounded, all those things. But dogs don't get body shaming. Our job is to make sure that they stay healthy And a healthy dog is not a fat dog. All right, guys, whether you're a first-time breeder or a seasoned veteran, it's not just a litter. It's your legacy. Each puppy represents your hard work, your dedication, and it shows your commitment to the next generation. Revival is honored to support you every step of the way. You can find everything you need to support your litters and the health of your dams and sires with Breeders Edge, Revival's premium line of reproductive and neonatal health products. Breeders Edge was actually developed with the help of our very own Dr. Marty Greer, Revival's Director of Veterinary Services, and a leading expert in canine reproduction and neonatal care. Breeders also rely on Revival, the pet vaccine experts, for vaccine selection and safe shipping to give their litters the protection they need. Revival's online pharmacy serves breeders with a wide variety of prescription medications, plus a knowledgeable staff that's always ready to answer any questions. Grow your own healthy legacy with help from Revival Animal Health. And check this out one time only, $15 off your order of $99 or more by using the code PODCAST15. You can use this code by calling 800-786-4751 or stopping by www.revivalanimal.com. Today we're going to talk about obesity in our dogs and how to make them live longer, which is by making them, yes, Marty, not to be fat. Yeah. And it's a difficult conversation. It's difficult for veterinarians to bring it up. It's difficult for clients. So all the way around, it's a challenging process. And we have to be very careful as veterinarians that we don't insult anybody Mm -hmm. because our role is not there to be body shaming their pet, but rather to be the advocate for their pet's best health. Yep. And like so many things in our world today, it often gets a little anthropomorphized. Like Mm -hmm. you're talking about my chubby dog, you must be talking about my chubby keister, right? So, (laughs) well, and we do see some of that where the same eating habits translate from a human to a pet. So yeah, unfortunately that happens. Years ago, I had a client that came in with two cats. He always had two cats. And I said to him, you know, your cats are, they're over their ideal body weight. And he said, yeah, he said, well, I'm diabetic. My parents are both diabetic. If the cats become diabetic, oh, well, I'll just give two more injections every day. I'm like, oh, that's really not the conversation that I wanted to have with you. I really wanted to have the conversation about let's avoid that. So he was really just kind of 
like it was so normal for him to think about diabetes as being just the norm in their household. Yeah, that I, I really felt bad about it. So, you know, we really feel like this is a difficult topic for veterinarians to broach mm-hmm. with clients and mm-hmm. some are actually kind of relieved when we bring it up and others are insulted and so it's mm-hmm. a very difficult line to straddle when that conversation has to be had in the exam room yeah so let's run from the top let's talk about how do i know that fluffy is fluffy sure it can be hard because if they're a heavy coated dog it does mask sometimes the appearance mm-hmm. of the dog so it does make it more challenging for us to assess the size of the dog You can look at the numbers on a scale, and I do encourage people to weigh their dogs, at Mm. least when they go to the vet, if not in between. And if you have a relatively small dog, you can stand on the bathroom scale yourself if you're brave enough to get on it yourself and look at that number. I try to avoid that at all costs. (laughs) (laughs) And then do the number. Yeah, there is that. So you can measure them, weigh them at home. I have Mm -hmm. a client that has all giant breed dogs. He has six very large dogs, and he told me one day he had a scale at home. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Well, I did a house call for him at one point, and he really did have a large platform scale in the front entry of his home for his six giant breed dogs. So he was able to monitor their weight, which I thought was pretty brilliant. They're not expensive. It's about $150. So if you have a group of dogs, it might be worth buying an Amazon platform scale for the dogs so that you can monitor their weight, especially if they're dogs that you're using in a breeding program. It's important that we're monitoring the weights of the females during pregnancy. I mean, there's definitely some benefits. And God knows we've spent $150 on stupider things than that in our lifetime. Lots. Not just, <laughs> I mean, just think about, you know, one weekend of entry fees right. and you could have paid for a scale. So it's one way to look at it. So the scale is a nice universal way to assess whether your dog is losing weight, gaining weight, or staying the same. But we need a tool that you can use at home as well without a scale. And the easiest thing for me to do is to describe for people that they can make a fist with one hand. And then with the finger on the other hand, your index finger, you can run your hand across the back of your hand, just above your wrist. And that's how your dog's ribs should feel is right across the back of your hand. If you run your fingers across your knuckles and you don't have a sight hound, then that dog is too thin. Now, sight hounds, you typically are going to feel and see ribs on, but again, Many of them aren't heavy coated unless they're borzois or wolfhounds. So you can feel that knuckle. That's a dog that's too thin. And then if you turn your wrist the other direction and the ball of your hand just above your wrist on the inside of the palm, if you feel that your dog feels like that, your dog is too fat. So that's a pretty easy tool. And mm-hmm. most everybody can do this pretty readily. If you're not the only person at your home that's feeding the dog, if you have other people help you feed or people that are feeding off the table when they're not supposed to be, that's a nice tool for them to start to use as well. You can teach it to kids. You can teach it to your parents if you have elderly parents that live with you because those are some of the biggest challenges we have is when people come in and their dog has a weight problem or their cat, we'll say, how do you feed? How much do you feed? Who else is feeding the dog? And frankly, sometimes those situations are very difficult because Grandma lives with you and she has Alzheimer's and she doesn't understand or the toddler is throwing food off of the high chair and Mm -hmm. they don't mind sharing their broccoli and other things with the dog. So things go whipping off the table or off the high chair and pretty quickly the dog has figured out that those are pretty tasty little snacks to have. Yes, my dogs view children as just moving Pez dispensers. 
Exactly. Just a food dispenser. When my kids were little, I thought they were pretty neat eaters because they would eat and there would be nothing on the floor. And then we'd go to a restaurant and be like, oops, guess it never (laughs) even got to the floor because the Labrador caught it in midair. So yes, it is a little bit of a challenge. So when I have people in situations like that or their spouse or their partner is just flat out not going to change the fact that they feed the corner of the piece of toast every morning at breakfast and then they lick out the bowl of ice cream after dinner, all those things that happen. And, you know, pretty soon it's not just licking out the bowl. It's an extra scoop in there for the dog. Very quickly, those things happen. Then you just have to say, okay, if I cannot control what the other people in the family are feeding the dog, then I just have to cut back the amount of food mm-hmm. and realize that the dog isn't going to get as well a balanced diet as if they were feeding exclusively a balanced diet. But as long as 90% of the diet is dog food and 10% or less is flinging off the table, then you're probably okay with the quality of the diet. So talk to me about, because this is what I run into a lot with folks that have maybe one of my dogs that I've placed with them or what have you. And I see the dog and I say, yeah, no, we got five, 10 pounds, got to go. Right. Right. And they'd say, well, we feed how much the bag says to feed. Mm -hmm. That's not always the right answer. So how do you talk to folks about that? Well, you have to adjust the food up and down based on the dog's activity level and their spay or neuter status. As soon as we spay or neuter a pet, their caloric requirement goes down by 25%. So if you were feeding four cups a day, you have to feed three. If you're feeding a half a cup a day, you have to feed even a tiny bit. So you may get to the point with really small dogs that you count the number of kibbles, not measuring it in a cup. I literally make Kim count the kibbles that he gives the chihuahua Mm -hmm. because when I'm gone, I come home and I'm like, she's a whole pound heavier. I can tell just picking her up. Yeah, Yeah, that's impressive. And I take care of a lot of dogs, of course, but I take care of a bulldog that I'm especially proud of. He turned 14 in June. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. And he comes in to see us once a week now for his laser treatments, but we saw him frequently for the last several years of his life every five weeks. So we were really careful with monitoring him. Part of the time he would live with his owner, part of the time he would go to the owner's parents' house. So we had to really monitor this dog carefully because grandma and grandpa tended to overfeed. Mm -hmm. So we were on this dog every single five-week period of time monitoring this dog's weight. How do you think a bulldog got to be 14? Not because they let him get fat, He was maxed out at 65 pounds. That's as heavy as I ever let him get. But he would have happily been a 100-pound dog. Happily. except Our chihuahua would gladly be a a St. Bernard if I just let her. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So you can't entirely rely on what the label says on the bag. You have to go on activity just like when you go to the store and you see that sign on the refrigerator at the checkout where it says balance what you eat and drink with what you do. And you really have to do that as if you're overweight or you're not moving enough or you're eating and drinking too many calories. So you have to really look at it in that perspective. And that's difficult because people are really hung up on what the bag says or how much they feed. And I've had people that I've said to them, okay, well, how much do you feed? And they would say, I feed a cup twice a day. And I'd look at the dog and think, this is not an eight ounce measuring cup. So what exactly do you mean by a cup? And then they would say, oh, you know, the McDonald's supersize cup. I'd be like, yeah, that's four cups. So no, <laughs> you can't do right. that. So right. when a veterinarian tells you how much to feed, it is assumed that it is a dry measure, eight ounce measuring cup, not just the amount that you have mounted over the top or the extra handful that you throw in or the extra Ooh, yeah. goodies. Exactly. So you really have to be careful with that. And it's right. super important that we're accurate in how our dogs are being fed for their weight and for their health. So 
we see more health problems with joints, with cancer, mm -hmm. with heart disease, with respiratory disease, diabetes, all the way down the line. All the things that we're putting ourselves at risk for having with obesity happens to our pets. So it translates pretty directly into those. So you really have to think hard about what's best for your pet and not what makes them the happiest. But we know that dogs that are ideal body condition live longer live two years longer. And if you watch the Purina commercials, they say dogs fed Purina, dog chow fed correctly, will live two years longer. And that is actually true. I know who did the study. It was Dennis Lawler many years ago when Purina did a lifetime study. And they had two groups of dogs, one group that they let eat all they wanted free choice for their entire life. This is the only lifetime study that will ever be done in a laboratory because of the expense. Mm -hmm. So they let one group of the dogs eat all the food they wanted, and then they had a litter matched pair. Mm -hmm. So if they had a boy, they had a brother. If they had a girl, they had a sister. And they would let them eat three quarters of what that dog ate at his or her max. And those dogs lived two years longer. And two years is a very long time in real dog life. That's like 14 years to you and me, right? Isn't that how we always calculate yes. that? Seven to yes. one. So it's a pretty long period of time. And that's a fairly simple thing to do. And I don't know anybody that they come in with their pet to be euthanized or that the day that they lose their pet from a natural cause, that they look at me and say, you know, I was good two years ago. I could have let him go then. No one says that. They all say, I wish I had more time. And you and I are now giving all of our listeners a gift of two years for every one of their dogs if their dog has an obesity problem or a weight problem. We are giving them, gifting them for free, two years. Two years. You always say, if love could have made you live forever. Well, love is not equal a million pounds of dog food. And I think that is the thing that I've encountered with the owners of truly, truly obese dogs. They feel like they love the dog. They mm -hmm. feel like food is their love language, sincerely. Mm -hmm. And they right. feel like they are loving their dog. And I just want to say to them and have on more than one occasion said, you are loving your dog to death. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's so. easy to continue to give that love language of food to your pet, but to do it in a way that has lower calories. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of the bottom line is we're not going to convince people that they're going to stop giving their dog treats. I mean, that's just not a practical thing for us to talk people into because that is their love language. That is the way that they communicate with their pet in a lot of realms. So instead of feeding them extra, you can do some simple things by changing the treats that you give. So you can do something as simple as changing to vegetables or fruit. I yes. love fruit and vegetables as a treat for their pets. And other than grapes and raisins and onions, you can feed your pet almost any other fruit or vegetable. Low calorie, a cup of green beans has 30 calories. A cup of dog food has 300. So very quickly, you can add fruits and vegetables, carrots, broccoli, carrots. lettuce. I um, love carrots. I often do carrots. You know, my favorite and the dogs absolutely go nuts over it. You know how you have an ice maker in your refrigerator? Mm -hmm. My dogs hear the ice maker and they all come screaming. Right. Like one of the dogs knew how to actually work the ice maker yeah. would make their own ice yes. cubes because yes. those are their treats. We call them water bones. Yeah. So yes, you can have water bones. It's low calorie. It's cheap. I mean, as long as your dog doesn't learn to operate the ice dispenser. I had a client with a Great Dane and she would come home and her kitchen would be flooded because the three Great Danes were having a party. The one knew how to run the ice dispenser. So there is a little bit of a risk associated yes. with, with that. <laughs> I don't leave mine uncrated when I'm not in attendance <laughs> yeah. because yeah. they're wire hairs. And reason. I promise you that they can operate the ice cube maker. Oh yeah, for sure. Pure Dog Talk is proudly sponsored by Trupanion. 
medical insurance for the life of your pet. Trepanion can give you peace of mind knowing your pet is covered in the event of an unexpected accident or illness. Even better, Trepanion can pay your veterinarian directly and has no payout limits, so you'll never have to choose between what's best for your pet and what's best for your wallet. And if you're a breeder, you can join Trepanion's free breeder support program and get a special offer to share with your puppy buyers that waives all the waiting periods. So coverage goes into effect immediately. And when I was at the garden this summer, I was hanging out with Trepanion and I got a chance to catch up with Cindy. She's a breeder who's a member of Trepanion's breeder support program. And she shared the following testimonial with us. She said that Trupanion has been the best and saved me thousands of dollars. My puppy buyers love it, and I hope they always stick with it. A dog is never going to have an accident on payday. It's always when the money is tight. Cindy, you are dead on about that. So take a moment, guys. Sign up for Trupanion's free breeder support program now so you and your litters can be prepared for anything. Get started by heading over to my partner page, puredogtalk.com. You know, you can do some other really fun things. You can put other things in the freezer. So I have people that will freeze their dog's food in with chicken broth or yogurt, put it in muffin tins so that they have like a six or a 12 pack mm -hmm. of their kibble already made up, put it in the freezer. In the morning when you leave for work, you can give the dog that tray. Now make sure it's a metal muffin tin and not a silicone muffin tin because mm -hmm. a lot of dogs will tear that up. But very easily you can pop that in your freezer and have those ready to go. So that instead of the dog spending 30 seconds in the morning when you leave for work, gulping down their food okay. or buying one of those puzzles that you have to worry about if it's safe to leave with the dog, you can throw it in a muffin tin, give the dogs all their muffin tins in the morning, and you can have virtually no calories added to it, but it will take them an hour to eat breakfast. So that's and simple to do. it uses their brain, which for a lot mm -hmm. of dogs is a challenge. And I think one of my biggest things that I talk to people about when it was handling clients or again, my puppy buyers is not free feeding, mm -hmm. feeding at two meals a day, done, mm -hmm. measured. And one of my favorite things is my clients, the trainers that I work with that talk about feeding them their, this is how much food you get. We're going to go through those pieces of kibble as your training rewards rather than right. adding extra training treats. Right. So you can certainly use those as hand feeding. So fruits and vegetables are great. I use Cheerios, a lot of Cheerios. And there are three Cheerios to one calorie, not three calories to a Cheerio, three Cheerios to a calorie. So I actually made a staff member one day count how many Cheerios were in a cup so that we could calculate that out. She looked at me like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's not that hard to count Cheerios. But what I do with those is I will take those and seal them in a jar, like a mason jar, and put a couple drops of liquid smoke into the jar. And that infuses the flavor of mm -hmm. smoke into the Cheerios. Mm -hmm. So I don't feed Honey Nut Cheerios, just plain old uncoated Cheerios right. with smoke. And you can buy a bottle of liquid smoke for $7.99 at your local store that sells any barbecue supplies like grills and that kind of stuff. You can buy that. It, a bottle of liquid smoke will last you like 10 years because it's so <laughs> concentrated. So it does a great job of flavoring things. So you can do some really fun things with treats. You just have to be a little bit creative. You can freeze your carrots so that they don't eat those even fast. You can freeze apples. So 
a lot of dogs don't like citrus and they don't like pickles and things like that, but some dogs do. So they'll eat cucumbers. I have people that come in all the time and tell me what their dog rated in the garden. Yes. So one will be the raspberry raider and one will eat the tomatoes. And the plum so tree. You're pretty, Mine were yeah. crazy about the plum tree this year. I'm like, just spit out the pits, guys. <laughs> yes, exactly. Be careful with the pits because those can cause some blockages if you have a small enough dog. But yeah, there's a lot of fun things that you can do. So it's more a matter of being creative and it doesn't necessarily take a lot of time. I mean, how hard is it to mix some kibble in with some yogurt and throw it in the freezer in a muffin tin and then pull it out every time that you go? So you have two muffin tins per dog, one in the dishwasher, one in the freezer. So you've always got it rotating and it's Perfect. just, it's not hard. The puzzles are, I always worry a little bit about leaving puzzles with dogs because I'm not sure that they're going to stop at consuming the kibble part and not I'm, just chew I, up the puzzle. I, wouldn't, I only do those under supervision. Mm -hmm. I also right. love, particularly for puppies, the snuffle mats. Have you seen those mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. they're little knotted things and you just kind of throw the kibble in there and they have to work to find each one? I love those because, again, it makes them think, they use their brain, it takes them a minute, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And Patricia McConnell, who was a great behaviorist, she's retired now. She's not gone, but she's retired. She used to talk about taking a handful of kibble and just throwing it out in the yard. Mm -hmm. But I've also heard other behaviorists say that they don't want the snuffle mat or that yard feeding technique because they don't want the dog out there snuffling around in the yard looking for things that they aren't supposed I to don't find. Do it so, in the yard. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because yeah, so it's something that. to think about based on the breed of dog you have and how yeah. destructive they are. But again, you don't want to leave a snuffle mat with most adult dogs right. because right. they can tear it up. Puppies, their teeth aren't big enough to cause much damage, but the bigger dogs can get into I just can love get into to trouble. use it for puppies. Like when I first get a puppy mm -hmm. home or I've got one that I'm sitting on for a couple of weeks before it goes to somebody else, whatever. That's just such a great interactive activity. So We've talked about some of the ways that you can give them less food. Now let's talk about the actual food itself. Mm -hmm. sure. There are low calorie or low fat. I had a fascinating conversation with one of my guests about the different designations, right? What those mean on right. the food bag. I'm always a little leery of those. So talk to me about that. Well, there are several different versions of it. Hills makes a metabolic diet. Royal Canin makes a satiety diet, so it's supposed to help make them feel more satisfied. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is read the calorie per cup content or the kilocalorie per cup content on the bag. And it's pretty easy to figure that out. All the bags have on the label what the fat, the protein, the carbohydrate levels, and then what the caloric content is. So it's pretty easy to figure out what the caloric content is per cup. And remember, kibble size does make a big difference because things like TD, the Hills Diet for Tooth Disease, has great big giant kibbles the size of a charcoal briquette. So they're not going to fit very many into a cup. So again, you have to kind of look at that. The smaller kibble, you know, like the small bite food that they make for small breed puppies, those are smaller pieces so that there will be more in a cup or in a quarter cup or half cup or whatever designation you have. So you want to just really pay attention to that. There's also been this trend in humans to do the keto diets and to not feed carbohydrates to our dogs. And I think that's kind of interesting to see that that's carried over. A lot of people think that dogs were never designed you know, historically or evolutionarily to eat carbohydrates, but they do. They do find a rabbit or a deer or whatever kind of prey that they ingest. The first thing they eat is their gut. And the gut of those animals that they eat are usually herbivores, so they're eating some kind of a carbohydrate. So dogs weren't really meant to be low-carb or no-carb creatures. And dogs are not obligate carnivores the way cats are. So, you know, we have to really be careful how we look at these and how we classify them. 
But most dogs need carbs in their diet, and especially the dogs that are being used in breeding programs, the females to become pregnant and the females to nurse their puppies need a carbohydrate quantity in their diet to feed those babies. So especially if you have a breeding dog, you want to be avoiding the carb-free or low-carb diets because they're not going to be sufficient nutrition for the dog. But basically, calories are calories, and that's what it comes down to is if the dog is getting too many calories, they're eating too much for the amount of movement that they're doing. So you either have to increase the activity level that they have or decrease the amount of food that they take in. So that means going out on more walks. And I was just going to say, and in my case, it's good for Fluffy and Fluffy to go down for a walk around the block, right? Yeah. I was worried that I'm going to pick something up. You know, like if I have a pregnant dog, I'm careful where I go in the neighborhood. And those are all things. If I have a dog in heat, do I really want to advertise that to the neighbors by walking around the block? Do I really want to say, hey, boys, come on over. Red flag Um, right here. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Come visit. So, you know, you do have to kind of temper those things. They do make devices for dogs. They make a springer that you can put on your bicycle, which Mm -hmm. is that U-shaped device that you could put on your bike. And as you ride, then the dog will not be able to like kill you on the bicycle. That's actually not true. Trust me. (laughs) Ask me how I know. (laughs) Well, apparently you still can. If the dog goes on one side of the tree and you go on the other. If the dog runs in front of your wheel. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. But that's the basic premise for the Springer. They make dog jogs, which are, you know, of course, the treadmills for dogs. Treadmills. Yeah. 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 So, and people use non-dog treadmills, but they're really not supposed to. So, you know, you have to be really careful with that, but lots of handlers know how to road work dogs and lots of people that are competitive with their dogs will road work and do other kinds of things. But remember that 25% reduction in calories. I send home a letter with all of our clients the day that their dog is spayed or neutered and tell them they need to cut the caloric intake by 25%. And then they look at me like, oh, my God, what? What? You know, well, yes, yes. We had this conversation before we spayed your dog is she's going to get fat. It yep. really is true well, that you change their I metabolic people, needs. For as much as people try to turn dogs into their, you know, fur babies, they don't realize that many of the same things actually apply. I yeah. personally am spay for pet quality. I <laughs> have not lost the weight that came with that. So there it is. I mean, it's... Yeah. Uh, Fat old spay bitches. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it's it's absolutely true. Yeah, it's I put real. on 10 pounds almost immediately. Like, mm-hmm. boom. Oh, uh, where'd that come from? Yeah. And it will never leave. I sh- <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. So those are the things to keep in mind are it's really just a balance of activity versus caloric intake. And how do you best find the diet that's suitable for your pet at their life stage? Because not every pet needs the same food at the same amount at the same time. So you may have six dogs of the same breed in your house, but they may not all be able to eat the same amount and maintain an ideal body condition. So you have to adjust it. Right. And that's why I always encourage people feed individually, feed in crates, preferably. Mm -hmm. That's my system for knowing that everybody ate only their food. I have a Spinoni bitch here right now that's bread. I assume she's pregnant because she's trying to eat the dog food box. <laughs> like she's mm-hmm. like, I'm starving, right? right? And so she has to eat in a crate because she would literally knock everybody down to get right. into their bowls. So I mean, it's always right. a thing. Okay, well, so- and the other problem is if you have six dogs and mm-hmm. one of them's sick, 
you may not notice that they stopped eating right. until the day that you look at them and realize that they've lost seven pounds yeah. and you're shocked because you had no idea because the other dogs kept snarfing up their food. So yeah, feeding individually is absolutely essential when you have a group of dogs. I would never feed any other way, but in crates. I know lots of people don't and think we're crazy, but I promise you, and see, most of mine are in the, I can't get weight on them category. Mm. <laughs> so mm. that's the other thing. I have the opposite problem and I want them to carry a, another extra two or three pounds and I need them to eat. And mm. if they're not in the crate, they're just so easily distracted by all the other things that are going on. <laughs> right. Yeah. And too much so fun. They, they don't eat. Um, final question, final topic on this conversation. I know you were looking at some of this. We we're kind of looking up some of this before we started any medications. I mean, there's so much in the people yeah. market of all the things that they give people to lose weight. Is there anything mm -hmm. for someone who's really truly got a problem and it's putting the dog's health at risk? Unfortunately, Zoetis Pfizer used to have a product on the market called Slentrol. And I was just looking it up and it looks like it has been off the market for a while. So we don't have that. A lot of people want to blame thyroid disease for their dog's weight problem. And it's never a bad idea to have a thyroid checked on your dog for part it of is, their wellness It is part of my protocol. problem too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens. So it's not a bad idea to have a thyroid if you're going in for an annual wellness and they're going to do some lab work anyway, throw a thyroid or T4, maybe a whole profile onto the pet's blood work and see mm -hmm. if there's any indication of a problem. But Dogs that are profoundly hypothyroid are only a little bit overweight because when they're so profoundly hypothyroid that they are having trouble, they actually change their metabolism so much that they don't gain a lot of weight. Yeah. So they may gain a little, but you can't say, oh, it's not her fault. It's a hormone problem. Uh, no, the problem is that they're getting too many calories. Too so, many calories. Yeah. So you really do have to be pretty vigilant at the table. And if people insist in your family on continuing to give the dog food, either you cut back their food intake or you put a bowl of whatever it is that you want them to eat on the table, whether it's a bowl of broccoli or carrots or whatever. And then mm -hmm. instead of taking food off of their plate, they take the little bowl of the dog's carrots because those little shortcut carrots, those are like perfect for most little dogs. The bigger carrots are great. One of my employees has a Doberman and he carries an apple around with him all the time because every day he gets an apple to eat. So he'll carry it around like a golden retriever would carry a tennis ball. And then eventually when he lays down for a bit at work, then he'll chew up the apple. So there's lots of fun things that you can do. Dogs usually don't like citrus, but the stems off of the broccoli or the asparagus, that's mm -hmm. just a little Thank tough, you. you know, not great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you don't want to feed your dog moldy vegetables or slimy mm -hmm. vegetables, but you can feed a lot of the fruits and vegetables that maybe aren't quite prime for your family to be eating. Mm -hmm. They can have some of those to eat. My dogs love it when I have chicken bones or turkey bones or beef bones or whatever. I throw them all in the Instant Pot with carrots and celery, cook that all down, and then they get the little schnibbles, not the bones, the little schnibbles off of there with the cooked vegetables, and they know that that's coming. I save the stock for myself to make sauces with, and the dogs get the cooked down vegetables, and everybody's happy. So you can do some pretty fun things for the dogs and really have a good time doing it. You don't have to make this all dreary and dredgy and terrible about that stuff. You can I, have fun. I, I bought a friend of mine, one of those little silicon ice cube trays where the ice cubes mm -hmm. are shaped like unicorns. Like I feel like the dogs oh. should get unicorn shaped ice cubes of chicken broth. Fun stuff. Yeah. 
you can make them in little bone shapes. I mean, you can do all kinds of fun things. So just be creative and have a good time with it. You don't have to make it dreary, boring. Oh my God, the dog's on a diet for the rest of its life. No, you can really have a good time with it. Like I said, the Cheerios are great. The cheese puffs, those are pretty low calorie. So you can have some pretty fun things to go on with that. And, you know, some of the things I do to medicate dogs, there's always the little pill pocket things, but I use marshmallow cream. I use cream cheese. Marshmallows themselves, you can slip the marshmallow. And again, those are very low calories. Mm-hmm. Not that I would put a dog on that for a diet, but it's a good way to medicate a dog without putting weight on them because some of our dogs are on daily or chronic twice a day medications. So very quickly, that little bit of cheese or sausage that you're putting around the pill can add up the peanut butter. Yeah. So some of those things that you can do that are a lower calorie version of that can be very helpful as well, because it isn't always easy to get medications into our dogs when we have to do it twice a day. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Marty, I know you are at your national specialty show right now, and I really appreciate you taking the time. (laughs) Also, listeners, listen up. This podcast is going to come out Monday, Tuesday. Marty is going to be live discussing the Semen Purebred Preservation Bank from AKC, the PPB. So Dr. Garvin and myself will be doing a live presentation October 3rd at 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central. There will be about a 45-minute presentation with a 15-minute Q&A afterwards. We would love, love, love to have everybody join us so that you can understand more about what the AKC is doing to preserve the semen of valuable dogs in our gene pool so that those don't become destroyed as people age out of breeding programs. So it is a very important project and one I'd like everybody's club to consider participating in. And I know I've seen a lot this is a hot topic you know i've seen a lot of questions about this people asking well what about this and what about that what about the other things so this will be your opportunity guys listen in and you'll get to hear all about it so thanks marty yep it'll be really fun so please join us awesome all right crew i hear from folks pretty much daily asking for a specific topic or for a series of podcasts on a topic So, ask and you shall receive. (laughs) I've done all the hard work. I've sorted, searched, and compiled eight different albums from the archives on our most popular topics. And when I say there's a podcast for that, I ain't just a woofin'. Getting yours today is super simple. Just jump on puredogtalk.com backslash store And click the PDT Albums image. And when you're in there, you're going to find a collection of veterinary voices. You're going to find a collection for breeding and whelping hands-on. You'll find Pure Dog Talk University on dog breeding. Love the breeds. Up your game. Owner handlers, the interviews, events and sports. There is so much there. And once you're in those links, you'll be able to read the details of the topic. For a special introductory price of a buck ninety-nine, you get a link to dozens, up to more than a hundred episodes on these specific topics. And while you're there, if you or a friend or family member are just getting started, even just starting a search for your first well-bred purebred dog, you can also check out Auntie Laura's Beginner's Guide to Show Dogs at puredogtalk.com backslash book to get the foundational 
Pure Dog Talk episodes with bonus tracks. So hop on it, y'all. These special prices will not last. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our dog show superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk.